Well, first of all, I'd like to uh, thank the uh, organizers for inviting me. It's my pleasure to be here and uh, discuss with everybody uh, on, a, on a topic that, to be honest, at the very beginning when uh, Elizabeth first uh, got in touch with me, was a, a kind of very unfamiliar way to look at things. So, um, so uh, as Elizabeth said, uh, I'm going to speak about groom uh, women facial tattooing uh, in Yunnan province, uh, southwest China. And uh, so what I did is that I tried to um, have a fresh look at my uh, ethnographic material uh, and trying to uh, pay more attention to the, the viewpoint of the technique. I'm actually not sure I totally succeeded, but I leave this to your appreciation and to the, to the discussion that we follow my, my, my paper and broader discussion um, at the end of the workshop. So let me begin and I will also just as a matter of trying to keep with time, uh, I will mainly read my, uh, my paper. So um, the, the Zhong people or Dulong in, in Chinese uh, inhabit the valley of the river the same name in northwest of Yunnan province and this valley is the easternmost source of the Irrawaddy River, which flows into, into Burma. So Nick, if you can get the, uh, the slide, we have uh, it on the map. And if you uh, have another click, then the name uh, will appear. And that's where I conducted my fieldwork. Because of their uh, uh, small population, roughly uh, 7,000 uh, for the last 2,000 uh, census, and their geographic isolation, there are very few ethnographic studies uh, about the Drum people. However, what is uh, relatively well known and often publicized, at least in China, is that Drum women used to tattoo their faces. Uh, so beyond the exotic uh, aspect of this practice, uh, which travelers, historians, uh, ethnologists, and various other observers have uh, not failed to underline, it's different layers of meaning place it at the heart of past and present drawing identity, even though young women uh, no longer tattoo their faces. So the rationale for this practice among drawn people has actually rarely been thoroughly explored. Many Chinese historians or ethnologists agree that it most probably dates back to the Tang Dynasty, so roughly 7th to 10th century, and the uh, so-called Xiumian tribe, the embroidered of uh, tattooed faces tribe, which is mentioned in the Book of the Barbarians, Manchu, um, and this tribe might well be the, uh, the Drum's ancestor. But paradoxically, at the same time, most historians and ethnologists seem to recognize that this practice of female facial um, tattooing among the Drum would, would have a much more recent uh, origin. This uh, second interpretation holds that the practice of tattooing is an adaptative response by the wrong people in reaction to uh, abduction perpetuated by the more powerful neighbors. This uh, justification is actually also put forward by the drones themselves. They uh, started to tattoo women's faces, so they say, to avoid being captured and taken as slaves. Therefore, the facial tattoo would be a practice determined by past interethnic relationships and as a form of uh, embodied violence, the tattoo is seen as the imprint of the past on the faces of women, a kind of uh, incorporated uh, history, so to speak. But that being said, 
with the tattoo uh, on women's faces plays this protective role uh, because it was considered ugly and re repulsive for the potential thief or did it have a, a magical protective function? What was its real effectiveness and what other evidence may be given to the existence of this uh, specifically feminine practice? So today, uh, as I mentioned, young women do not uh, tattoo themselves and the last ones to be tattooed, uh, not very far and few between, are relatively old. The youngest uh, woman I interviewed was in her mid-50s um, or maybe early 60s, she didn't really know her age. My investigation, therefore, faced some uh, methodological uh, limitations. And, I, um, and my um, investigation was made possible through the narratives of tattoo women themselves, their daughters, and their male relatives. So, um, the disappearance of this practice today uh, also calls into question the uh, redefinition of personal identity in the changing social, cultural, and political context and how it affects values associated with tattooing. However, drawing women's individual stories, far from limiting the function of facial tattoo to a simple means of preventing women from being captured, reveals its critical role in assigning to women her destiny, a social role as a perpetual of life. So uh, my paper will focus on how the tattoo technique contributed to making uh, a woman. I intend to examine the transition established by the process of tattooing that is the mark of time, both physiological and social time, and the mark of uh, destiny. So uh, let me now give you the uh, ethnographical background. Um, most of the 60 or so uh, tattooed Durong women who inhabited the center and north of the Durong River Valley in 2003 2003, when I um, conducted my fieldwork, had a tattoo that covered the entire face. So we can s uh, switch to the next slide. The uh, patterns are essentially the same. There are few variations in detail, and these variations are not due to variations in style, but they're attributed to uh, the quality of the tattoo itself, depending on the skill of the person who uh, did it. Um, so this is another way to say that variations are not uh, really significant, at least to, um, to women and to drunk people in general. It is possible to identify and distinguish between several elements which together form the facial tattoo. Uh, so we can switch to the next slide. And basically through people's description, uh, I identified six patterns or designs Generally speaking, the vocabulary simply refers to what is pricked on the cheek, as you can see on the left, basically that's the way they describe it, it's just the, what is pricked on the cheeks, or what, what is pricked on the nose, etc. Several other descriptive terms are used, but it is nevertheless often difficult to obtain explanation about this terminology. So it appears that the names of these patterns mainly originate from some kind of formal um, similarity these uh, names do not have a figurative meaning and they do not identify, identify a clear graphic repertoire either and no symbolic discourse is drawn from this classification. The tattooed patterns are made by the repetition of uh, simple geometric forms, designs, 
and are not intended to function as a symbolic system. It also should be noted that generally the tattoo is re remarkably often the same, and there are very minor descriptions. I saw uh, with uh, uh, four other examples just uh, before. So what seems, uh, first of all, of prime importance is that women's tattoos resemble those of the elders, that is to say that it should be in keeping with tradition. Thus, the meaning of the tattoo is not given by the graphic repertoire, but by its properties um, and the context, practices, and discourses in which it is uh, embedded, and which I will uh, um, now turn to. Uh, just a few more words about the techniques. Uh, tattooing techniques were relatively simple to master. The ink was made of black soot uh, from burnt pine wood, which was scraped from the bottom of an uh, iron pot on the fireplace uh, of the house. The black soot was soaked in, um, uh, in water for about a week until it was totally uh, diluted. And then the drawing was done on the face using this ink, after which the skin under the pattern was pricked um, for the ink to penetrate. So we can uh, switch to the next slide and then you can do a, some click on the image, we're gonna see. Oh, if you click on, on the image uh, itself, like if you move your hand, yeah. It's very short. The reason why I chose this is because it's the first and only uh, documentary that had been made uh, by the Chinese ethnographers in the early 60s and it's basically our first visual representation <coughs> of the tattoo. But as you notice, what we actually see is not the tattoo, but is the uh, painting with the ink before the woman uh, was to be tattooed, since at the time, in the early 60s, tattoo was already banned by uh, Chinese authorities. Um, so, um, so then you can switch to the next, uh, next slide. The holes in, in the skin were made using thorny brambles. Uh, two types uh, of brambles could be used, one called chongit, which spines are pretty small, the other one called uh, nabum, which has uh, bigger uh, thorns, bigger spines, and therefore uh, is more painful. The branch of the bramble uh, was cut to a length of about six inches, cleared of leaves and, and thorns, save for one at, um, that was left at one end, so this little rod was held in one hand, the spine against the face, and with the other hand, the tattooist tapped it um, uh, with a piece of wood to make the pricks in the skin one by one. So several spines could be used for the same tattoo, for um, uh, one tattoo, and they, these uh, brambles were then uh, discarded. The tattoo uh, also was done in a specific order, uh, which uh, we can see on the next slide. One normally started uh, at the chin, then slowly worked uh, one's way up the face. So in general, the, uh, the design called the mogop on the nose uh, was the last pattern to be tattooed. But as you can see here, it's not the case, uh, because here I followed one specific example. Uh, in general, women I interviewed were uh, unable to draw uh, the overall outline of facial tattoo on a sheet of paper. Uh, especially if themselves they never played the role of a tattoo artist. 
So it was actually impossible to get a drawing of a tattoo uh, done by a drawn woman. So, but one day, a, a woman named Karen, who, uh, who was one of the very few women who knows how to prick, meaning that she had been past a, a tattooist herself, so she experienced the same difficulty of drawing it on a, on a piece of paper, but then she proposed to draw the design on the face of her granddaughter, who readily agreed to lend herself to her little game, which we can see on the two uh, next uh, photos. And that's the order she followed uh, when she did the drawing on her, um, on her uh, grand granddaughter's face. Um, the order in which the different patterns are tattooed reflects uh, the relative importance of the lower part of the, of the face. Uh, we, we can see on the next photo uh, the granddaughter, but also the Karen, uh, who has a tattoo herself on her face, which is a real tattoo, not something she does it with ink. And the reason why I seldom use uh, fo real photos from women, tattooed women is because actually it's never really clear. Uh, it's hard to see, so that's why I prefer using drawings to clearly show the, the pattern. Um, prior to the, uh, and, and you can see that the whole face is tattooed, but prior to the 50s, one type of tattoo consisted of only the first design on the, on the lower face. What the woman I talked to, whose whole face uh, was tattooed, like Karen, called an incomplete tattoo, and, and we can see on, on the next slide. Uh, so they call this kind of tattoo that existed in the southern part of the valley an uh, incomplete tattoo. But similarly, it happened that only the first design, the vertical lines under the lower lip, uh, would be tattooed. A few women chose this kind of tattoo during the 50s, when tattooing was already banned um, in, in the valley. So on the next li uh, slide, we can see uh, uh, these kind of lines on, on, on the chin that seem to be uh, a basic component for um, the facial tattoo, and these lines are actually really specific to the chin. They, they're only tattooed on the chin. So, um, this is basically how I, I studied this uh, research, and this is what I could get at the time. Uh, but as I started uh, talking to a woman, I ended up going into more of the discourse around, uh, around tattoo, and, and some interesting things about the way we could understand tattooing among the room uh, started to, um, to appear. Um, of course, at the time, uh, the women with whom I talked were tattooed, that is to say mostly before the, the 1950s, the idea of not having a tattoo was absolutely incongruous. Before then, all women were tattooed, and to be a real woman, you had to be tattooed. Some of them were indeed afraid and only agreed to tattoo under pressure of their parents. In many cases, however, it was voluntary, and most were tattooed at the age of uh, 10, 12, 13 years old, uh, or sometimes a little later. However, some had the tattoo done earlier, uh, or at least they tried to do so, uh, as we will see. For um, the day a woman was tattooed was an event of major importance uh, for her whole existence. And one might expect, at least as an anthropologist, I, expect, I expected that there would be an appropriate ritual to formalize this kind of uh, rite de passage. Well, it is not the case. There is no ritual. But one of the things I found pretty uh, surprising is that tattooing was also a girl's game. 
And of course, the absence of a codified ritual does not mean that there is no ritualty and some connection between play and uh, uh, rite can easily be made. Uh, it all began this way. Uh, during the interview one day, a woman pulled up her sleeve and showed me a tattoo on her forearm, which was a line of Mogok, the same pattern that uh, women have on the, on the nose. We can slide we're going to keep this image uh, to have a different type of pattern. So she had the same pattern that they usually make on the nose, on her forearm. And she said, it was for fun when I was little with uh, Chenguilan, her sister. It was she who did it to me. It was fun. And not here that I translate as well as in, his, uh, in other uh, quotes. Uh, fun, uh, the verb that in drum language uh, literally means to play. Indeed, before tattooing the faces, girls would sometimes do a kind of test, often on other parts of the body. It was like, like a game for girls. The game could also uh, be played alone, since another woman told me, quote, I tattooed myself here for fun, as she showed me a right calf, where three rows of dots were clearly visible, similar to the three or four rows of dots on the cheeks. I did it myself, she said. On the forearm as well, it was a cross. That's someone else who did it. It was for fun, just like that, it was fun." End quote. Nevertheless, when the time came, she had to go have her face tattooed. And she said, my parents took me. At the beginning, I was afraid, End quote. For another woman, this play did not entail a small tattoo on her arm or a leg, but her whole face. She said that her tattoo was not well done because she did it just like that, for fun. She said, quote, I must have been 15 or 13 years old when I got tattooed. We got tattooed because we felt like having fun. We saw people tattooed and we thought it was fun. Before, they used to say that those who were not tattooed would be captured by the Lisu people. This is what they used to tell us. They said such things. But we, we got tattooed just like that because we thought it was funny. I was not afraid that it would hurt, it was fun. For three nights, we had a swollen face, big like that." Unquote. During these games, girls who were having a small or full tattoo done played at being adult women, all of whom were tattooed. Most often, girls tattooed each other on the arms and legs to try it out, to feel ready and to experiment with pain. But this play could become decisive because depending on how far uh, it would go, the girl could eventually end up with a full tattoo on her face. In a playful way, for fun, as they say, uh, it was a sort of social puberty uh, that the girls were accessing, a gradual transition which could occur at different ages. Even, even before uh, nearby age, this transmission of femininity would be triggered through, through this game. And for that reason, these games have a kind of symbolic efficacy in common with the ritual. The action makes sense because it involves a stake. And um, here I follow uh, Robert Amayon um, uh, writing on a relation between play and, and, and ritual. She writes, uh, quote, the game in fact reinstates an action and not just a mere presence. The game enables one to pretend. By a comprehensive and 
direct transposition and to pretend is equally to represent an action as to prepare for it. In a game, it is important to emphasize the preparation and repetition along with representation and simulation." Unquote. This preparatory phase, which seems to characterize the tattoos done by young girls through uh, repeated games, explains that the game can be both uh, childish and yet be taken very seriously. Tattoos on the face or the body parts resulting from girls' play seem to have a stimulating role. We must also consider the pain involved in the tattooing process. For women, the tattoo evokes memories of the pain caused by the spine penetrating the skin and of the face that remains swollen for several days. For those who got tattooed for fun, as I say, the game masks this fear and pain, or rather, it was, um, uh, they were part of it. But the pain was very real, and even more so when they went to the tattooist to do the facial tattoo uh, in one sitting. As women often expressed it, both the girl who was to face the pain of tattooing and the woman who pricked had to dare. They often, in, in, when I interviewed them, often used the verb to dare. They had to dare to do it. The letter, the tattooist, had to dare to inflict the pain. Her mastering of the tattoo technique, her expertise born from experience, is itself linked to the progressive aspect noted both. The tattooist must first have a go before being recognized as a tattooist. Sometimes the girls, feeling ready, would go to find a tattooist themselves, and in other cases, the parents took the initiative. For most women, the, the person uh, the person who performed the tattoo was a close relative, their own mother at times, or a cousin, a paternal aunt or maternal aunt. So actually the kinship relationships between the tattooist and the tattooed do not appear to be significant. And we can see on the next slide possible uh, relationship. Uh, the various kinship relationships possible in the process of passing down uh, seems to reveal that relationships of consanguinity or affinity are not essential criteria. And here, uh, the, the, the arrows uh, point out a uh, um, uh, real relationship, meaning that each of these arrows point to uh, uh, a specific case, uh, so uh, real cases. Uh, the, I did not represent the classificatory uh, kinship terminology on the figure. These are all real, real cases. Um, in this society where alliance is preferably between cross cousins, so a woman ideally marries a father's sister's son, passing down female facial tattoos is not the exclusive prerogative of one parent and does not stress the orientation of matrimonial exchange. Games took place between young girls of the same generation who could be sisters, parallel or cross cousins. And having a complete tattoo drawn by an experienced woman differs, at least in that there is a generational gap. Beyond the sphere of a play between, um, among children, there is that of a, a knowledge of, a, of an adult. So in the tattoo, the body and the person are both the subject and a means of transformation. The pain of tattooing is present, but tolerable. It is part of it, such as the pain of 
chambers, and the process of tattering is primarily a transition to what is and ought to be womanhood. So it is, in a, in a way, endowed with uh, what I could call metamorphic power, and tattering makes things happen. In short, tattoo makes a woman nubile. The power of the tattoo artist, that of the countless pricks, is to reveal a power that is specific to women, whether in the preparatory phase and progressive aspect of the girls' games or the formality of its execution by the tattooist, the facial tattoo is part of the construction of uh, womanhood. And this gradual construction seems inseparable from the exchange that only takes place between women and which appears to me parallel to descent and alliance relationships. It is specifically passed down by women. In the stories of doomed women, this irrevocable change that the tattoo represents appears to be the result, often by uh, preparatory trials, as I tried to show, of the construction of what allows them to be fully developed women. The tattoos are in some ways exchanged between women, and they are vectors of womanhood whose effectiveness depends as much on the cumulative aspect of the uh, preparatory games, the multiple pricks of the spines on the face, as on what circulates between women, a stimulating exchange of female generative properties that allow each individual to ensure a destiny whose collective stake is the perpetuation of society. In some ways, tattoo can be considered as a gynotechnics, uh, according to the terminology coined by Bray, along with cooking, weaving, all other feminine uh, techniques, and mother, uh, many other productive activities of women. But the technique of facial tattooing, however, more than any other activity, engages the body and asserts the materiality of the construction of gender and the expression of social principles. So it is of course very common in many societies that women are regarded as a source of life. However, it is not so much because they give birth to children or perpetuate the lineage, we are in a patrilineal society at all, then, as um, Nicole Claude Mathieu uh, wrote, quote, as a source of regeneration and continuation of life in its primordial cosmic dimension, end quote. This mechanism of regeneration, however, must be apprehended in its totality and not in its limited role in the exchange of women or exchange of fer their fertility by men. And if one is to acknowledge that men have the task of operator in matrimonial exchanges, the analysis uh, uh, presented here has sought to highlight the internal relationship linking women to power. A woman's facial tattoo shows a power unique to women that they bring with them when they marry. In this sense, for drawn women, tattoos and the progressive process are part of a longer process of shaping the individual and the body that consist in a series of cumulative action supplemented by uh, marriage lines. It is therefore uh, difficult to isolate the tattoo from the body 
of the woman, to consider it like any other type of ornament as purely stylistic or even as a kind of uh, semiotic uh, device. Doom woman's ta facial tattooing is not, stri strictly speaking, um, an initiation process either, but it nevertheless contributes of achieving, to achieving a transformation and to ensuring a kind of permanence. What is manifested in the tattoo, and this is true for all women beyond the, uh, indi their individuality, is precisely this ability to ensure the continuation of life, the permanence of succession of generation. Each tattoo is unique, is a unique actualization, and a sign of belonging to the class of women who wield a certain power. And its secret is this hidden part of the passing down of femininity, the construction of a social relationship parallel to descent and alliance, where men often exercise their control. And maybe for this reason, women say that the tattoo is a treasure that they carry with them uh, in the death. Thank you.